Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, or whatever other time of the day you decide to listen to this. I'm recording it at night, so I'm going to say good evening. Tonight, Tim sadly is here. Say hi, Tim. Or not. Tim's just going to be quiet. I see how it is. Hi, Tim. (laughs) And that is Ed Burrell joining us. I think I said it right. I practiced it about six times, so. Nailed it. Perfect. Sweet. And then Tim's got that corkscrew or whatever. You know, he's our host, but I think he uh, think he decided to take the night off. So, some of you... <laughs> yeah, that's it. Some of you may know Ed as just, you know, somebody who works at, you know, Privateer Press, you know, creative director or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. That's actually not even what we're here to talk about, but, you know, that that just gives him street cred or something, I think. I don't know. Certainly certainly (laughs) looks good on a resume. (laughs) Broad appeal. (laughs) There you go. Looks good on a resume. That's, That's what I... That's half of what I do. I just write something to look good on a resume. <laughs> That's what it feels like these days. All right, so we're actually here to talk about something completely different. This is another project of Ed's. It's called Skeleton Key Games, and it's their product, which is on Kickstarter right now, has funded, it has 12 days to go, and it's called Adventure Tiles. That's correct. Um Adventure Tiles was a brainchild of mine actually about 15 years ago. Um, so this is a new incarnation of it, but um, I don't know if you want me to dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. I kind of give you the history. Um, I started Skeleton Key Games about about 15 years ago, 2001. Um, and we debuted at Origins that year with what were called magnetic adventure tiles. They were um, basically printed magnets, you know, thin, like you put on your refrigerator or whatever with little weird faces or with a lawyer's phone number or whatever on it. But they they were, but they were, you know, they were printed with dungeons. Um, And then I had a big old um, laminated metal board that you could buy that was black to, to lay them out on. And they're pretty cool. Um, And they were critically, they were a hit. But um, I didn't really understand the gaming industry or the distribution system. Like, I literally just manufactured a product and showed up at Origins and set up a booth. <laughs> and was like, here I am, world. You know, there was no Facebook or Twitter or anything back then. But people really went crazy over it. Like, they really they dug it. They thought it was a good idea. Um, you know, I met lots of people. Um, ultimately, I actually got a... Um, because of them, I ended up going in and sitting in with the Wizards of the Coast dev team because they were really looking for something better than just cardboard tiles for Dungeons and Dragons at the time, um, which was pretty cool. Um, but ultimately, um, I just wasn't able to get that product into distribution in the way that I wanted to because mainly because like the board that you put it on was so big, it took up a ton of shelf space. It was basically like an unfolded game board. You know, please hang this on your wall, right? They only have so much wall space. But I didn't think about any of that, right? I was just, like, excited and, um, gosh, yeah. I, you know, because I, I just kind of conceived of it, like, six months earlier and just really kind of took hold. Um, 
But after that, I, um, I started doing lots and lots of um, what I called e-adventure tiles, which were PDFs sold through drive-through RPG, RPG Now, um, that kind of thing. And that really um, went gangbusters. Like I um, did that along with doing freelance cartography um, and illustration for RPGs for like seven years. Um, that was my full-time gig. And during that time, I released like 170 different sets of the adventure tiles the digital ones. Um, but then for the last, uh, almost eight years I've been with privateer press and I haven't done a whole lot with skeleton key games. Right. But, um, I don't know, just, I kind of been getting the itch to, to bring it back. Um, I'm something I'm super passionate about and I'm doing a lot more RPGing these days. Um, ran an 18 month pathfinder campaign, um, that really started me back on, like lots of wilderness adventuring, which is kind of what spurred um, this specific product. Um, what is my point? Oh, so my point <laughs> is, um, you know, being involved in um, tabletop war games, right? There is a lot of tabletop terrain. That's just kind of a, a given. Um, and then recently, you know, we've there's been things like the the, the neoprene mats, so the uh, basically mouse pads with cool, you know, nerd shit printed on them. <laughs> nerd shit. Everybody yes. can get behind that. Yeah, you know, so it's, you know, so you've got just whatever different terrains. And so I started eyeballing that and really thinking, well, that, I felt like that was the next thing, the next incarnation of Adventure Tiles um, would would be on neoprene. So that's where the new stuff came in. Um, so this, the sort of our official name is the Adventure Tiles Wilderness Tabletop RPG Terrain System. It's kind of a mouthful. Um, but yeah, essentially what it is, is it's a big mouse pad. Um, we, we, it has a, a, a one-inch grid lightly printed over it um, with sort of a wildernessy, um, blank wilderness terrain feel. So it's got like dirt and grass and f- flowers and weeds and stuff all over it. But then we have templates or die cut shapes that you can then populate it. So with a single set, you can set up a wilderness encounter and you can pick up all the templates. You can rearrange them and set up a different wilderness encounter. Um, Cause there's tons and tons of different dungeons and things like that out there that you can, you know, go into your local game store and buy. But this for me, um, it was like, how do I run all my wilderness tiles? Right. You draw scribble with green marker on a big sheet of grid paper or something like that. Um, but, but I just kind of wanted something more. And so that's how I came up with, with this. And the idea popped into my head about two years ago uh, on how to realize this. Nice. Now when you. Um, Tim's still breaking up. uh, Tim's food. Oh, am I? Oh, terrible. I think I think I got half a word out. Oh, that's great. Well, we heard yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is we're getting to hear all of Tim's bitching, but not any of his actual contributors. <laughs> uh, well, man, you know, maybe that's just all he's saying. <laughs> I am trying to actually form coherent sentences and not just, you know, freak out over things. Um, but... Uh, so when you said ne- the neoprene mouse pad, Matt, is it the thicker ones or is it the thinner ones? 
So it is the thinner ones. Um, we're so the the templates specifically are on the very thin ones. Um, I can't remember the size. It's but I believe it's less than two mil. Um, the the larger mats we're kind of trying a couple of different thicknesses. So we haven't set um, completely set our minds on how thick the the large mats that you put all the smaller templates on will be. But the smaller templates definitely need needed to be on the thinner stuff um, for one reason, because some of them are designed to be overlaid um, on one another. So, like, we have a, a stone circle, like, sort of like Stonehenge, right? <clears throat> um, but in the center of it is just clear grass because we have a number of smaller templates. So you can put a variety of different things in the center of that stone circle. You could put, like a creepy pit full of carcasses or a sacrificial altar or another standing stone or like a big dead, like creepy dead tree. Um, so we wanted these things to be able to be layerable. Um, we have things that have interiors and exteriors. So you can lay the interior down and then put the exterior over it. So we have like a big, huge, like ogre tent kind of thing. And you know, you can have your encounter and they can run up to the tent but if they go in the tent, you can pull the top off, and there's actually the the populated interior of that tent as well with a fire pit and bedding and um, just all kinds of little details in there that you can then continue your encounter. So um, that's the other thing I like about them is I'm trying to design as many sets as possible that are sort of interactive. Right. That's it's more awesome. than just a, a basic outline of a shape where you say, hey, I'm in the tent. You can actually peel it back and see what's in the tent. Correct. Um, and um, I've, I've got a, a nice. sort of a frontier tower that's in the works. Um, that's, that's one of our um, upcoming add-ons. Um, so you'll have the different levels of the tower on the, you know, that fit into the wilderness. Um, and then, uh, gosh, what was the other one? Oh, um, are you guys, when are you guys leave, uh, releasing this podcast? This will actually go out probably tomorrow night. Okay. Um, our, our turnaround time lately has been a lot better than it has in the past, especially with the way that Google Hangouts has been translating stuff into YouTube. All right. Sure well, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I can say this on the podcast then. Because um, I'm, I'm basically I'm working on a surprise stretch goal for the $15,000 mark, which is only about two backers away. Um, that's going to be a pit that, you know, you can just be wandering through the wilderness and we're going to be like, it's a trap. There's a stretch goal. Um <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can basically just like throw the pit down and be like a pit just opened up, um, but it's real easy to you know put on the grid or take it away. So we got a little spiked sort of like uh, punji trap, punji pit trap thing um, that I just wrapped up the other day. Sweet. So um, how well do they uh, the tiles stick on top of the lower mat? Oh, so that was actually the the catalyst initially for the magnetic adventure tiles is because the the cardboard ones, like I had some as a kid and they were neat, but you practically had to tape them together to get them, to keep them from sliding all over the place. Well, at the time my solution was magnets, but now this is the solution because they have the rubber backing. They don't slide. You can move miniatures across them and they don't get bumped all over the place. And that was sort of the the thing that I was waiting for, you know, to, to figure out was how to make them work without it just 
getting knocked all over the place every time you move a miniature or, or that sort of thing. So no, they're great. They, they totally, you can literally put them on a board and tip that board up past 45 degrees and they don't slide off. Nice. Can't, can't make any promises for the miniatures, but the mats themselves will be fine. Probably, <laughs> ought, probably ought not to do that with miniatures. That would be bad. Um, the other great thing is that um, we actually found this out the other night. Um, there were a bunch of us uh, at a convention in St. Louis, and we were playing Dungeons & Dragons after hours one evening, and uh, one of the players totally spilled a drink uh, on them, right? And these, like, these are the prototypes. Like, they're expensive to get produced because there's just one of them. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, my God. So we, we patted it down with paper towels. And it cleaned up perfectly. You would not ever know that it was spilled on, which is definitely a hazard at the gaming table. So, so we actually, I immediately took uh, before and after pictures and put them on Twitter. I was like, look, it's durable. It's awesome. It can take a beating from your gamer friends. Irresponsible, yeah. Irresponsible slacker gamer friends. <laughs> we all we all have them. And and if that person didn't know, they are definitely getting called out on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just went there. He's like, oh no, fuck it, we're doing it. <laughs> right. You gave me the opening. <laughs> um. Nice. Um, but the, the other big thing to getting these done, and like for me, was uh, I'm not super interested in starting a warehouse and doing a bunch of shipping and all that kind of thing. So um, through my convention travels, I've become pretty close with the guys over at Broken Egg Games, um, and they have totally got a track record with being able to get things manufactured and shipped, and they've fulfilled... Uh, their own Kickstarter before that was pretty complicated with lots of different pieces. So they know how to get this stuff done and it keeps the logistics pain in the ass off of my plate. And I can just focus on making cool art and like the things that, that I enjoy and then have them handle the, the more technical aspects of putting the, putting it all together. Um, and we're both happy that way. Right, you get to do all the stuff that the people enjoy in the first place. They don't care how it gets to their house. They just want it there. Well, and I mean, more specifically for me, I don't care how it gets to their house. Makes me crazy <laughs> dealing with that kind of stuff, right? Like, I just want to focus on the creativity um, and, and do what I do. Like, my whole goal in life is just to do things I think are fun and have people pay me for them. So, uh, this is just part of that goal. See, I, I do that, and they threaten to call the cops. Well, I mean, the, the, the concept has limitations. <laughs> but, you know, good to test the boundaries, I guess. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that's yeah, what you get for living in an HOA. <laughs> oh, God. No, that, I had... That they just get mad at me because I don't mow my grass as often as they want. I need to go mow mine before the HOA gets on my case as well. I'm in the same boat. I live in a gated community. I don't even have a gate. And we we pay like all these fees and they're like, it's because we have a pool. They keep the pool open from Memorial Day till the first day in April. And then they shut it down. I'm like, the first day. 
Are you are you people? Oh, wow. Are you serious right now? Where Where do you live, Nick? Uh, I live in Georgia. Okay, you guys are both in Georgia. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, no pool here. We have a park. Not really my thing, but we do have a gate, and it's a nice neighborhood. I like it. Our dues aren't bad. I'm like eighty-eight bucks a month. See, I I can't complain too bad too much. My dues aren't even that much. They would they're even less than fifty bucks a month. Nice. So I've only been here for like six weeks, but I like it. It's a good place. It's good to good to be in a house. It's definitely I like my office, which I'm in right now. The old office over the garage, nice big window. Yeah, I got kicked out of my office. I'm up in the kitchen recording tonight because otherwise my office is connected directly to the living room where my wife where my wife likes to watch reality television. Gotcha. <laughs> at yeah. at ridiculously loud volumes. Get, yes. Getting ready to getting ready to watch the next the next season of The Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, sh- I should I shouldn't have gone there. Oh, my, my too opinion. soon! The whole country is fired. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we? Can we just call it the Congress? There, there you go. Uh, see, I thought it, I thought it was just going to be Mad Max. I woke up this morning. I'm expecting, hey, I can go to work with a chainsaw. Somebody lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be all right. Sweet. So, um, with the with the adventure tiles, kind of going back to that a little bit because I'm sure nobody cares about our political viewpoints on this podcast, or they might. Who knows? We might have to change formats. <laughs> <laughs> political commentators. Boy, that's a mistake. You could probably still keep the name. Yeah, that's, that's true. Skirmish supremacy. We're just gonna fight over something else. <laughs> no, because you know what's going to happen. There's going to be Twitter comments, skirmish supremacy, more like white supremacy, and it's just going to go downhill from there. <laughs> that, that definitely is the sharp turn. Yeah, yeah. And it would happen within a matter of moments. I'm sure just after this and recording this, to say it just a bit. So it, it's going to happen. <laughs> we got fortunately, word fortunately no one story. will know what Tim just said. <laughs> that's what I was that's about what I was saying. We heard every other word, but we either didn't understand or we got it. It's probably for the best. The best. <laughs> that too. All right, adventure tiles. Adventure tiles. So they can pile on top of each other or you can randomly throw one out. They are um drink spilled proof. Um, and that has been tried and tested. And because you hate logistics, you're working with Broken Egg Games. That is correct. Um, and we have more of these planned, right? Um, a lot of people have been asking, like, hey, you know, can you guys do, like, villages and towns? And, uh, you know, what about snow? What about, you know, just all these various terrains? Um, and as part of this Kickstarter to which we have to kind of say, no, we're really focusing on getting all your wilderness needs covered. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's already proven to be successful. So there will certainly be more sets in the future. Um, I think hopefully we want to 
be able to fulfill this one, obviously, before we do a next one. And the reality is I don't even know when we said we would fulfill this. March, 27, <laughs> March 2017. Okay, that's, that's about what I was thinking. So, um, you know, it's, it's fairly speedy turnaround. Yeah, not bad. You know, enough good, time but, to start getting it printed and cut. Yeah, we've got our manufacturers all lined up and everything ahead of time and, and quotes made and stuff like that. So ideally, we're going to get get this thing fulfilled. And while it's being fulfilled, I'm going to be working on the graphics for the, the, the follow-up, you know, so we'll have, you know, whatever cavern tabletop RBG train system or fantasy urban tabletop system. Um, because we, uh, I messed around with doing some buildings um, like a barn, right. An interior, a loft level, and then a roof um, that just overlay each other. So you can totally have all your different, different stories um, to, to adventure in, right? That's always been a, a big kind of thing for me with doing my own maps is just sort of making sure that everything's covered. Cause you always have some one jackass that wants to climb something, <laughs> right? It's like, I'm going to go up in the loft or I'm, I'm going on the roof. I'm going to go in through the window. I'm like, oh, come on. Damn but, it, Tim. Uh, hopefully this get, this gets the bases covered. Yeah, there's one guy I game with. He all every adventure uh, without fail, he climbs a tree. Like, I'm climbing a tree. You know what? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run an adventure with no fucking trees and see what he does. <laughs> He's gonna lose his mind. He's like, this game was terrible. Endless grass plains. Yeah, a full flat sheet of whatever. He'll go to some crazy yeah plane that's just smooth obsidian. <laughs> the whole way. <laughs> You'll just climb on another character's back. Probably. <laughs> but but you know what? There has to be one tree. It's only six inches tall, but the one tree at the very end. I'm getting in that tree. Um, yeah, so you know, so once we once we get everybody treed out with this, uh, the idea is just to move into whatever realm that we want that we think is popular. You know, um, we can act pretty quick. Uh you know, based on what's out there. So, you know, we've got what, uh, this summer at Gen Con, I think Paizo's coming out with Starfinder, which is a sci-fi version of Pathfinder. Um, so as soon as I can confirm that that gets played on a one inch grid and we'll have miniatures, uh, you know, I'll make some space shit. Sure. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned a one inch grid, but it, it's available without the grid too, right? That is correct. Yes. So you at the um, when you fill out your um, survey at the end, you say I want it with or without a grid because we definitely wanted it to be able to work for um, you know your typical war games as well. So uh, anything that you're just using a ruler to do your measurements and you don't need the grid. The grid's also faint enough that it's not super intrusive. So if you wanted to just get one and uh, use it for multiple purposes. But my, what I would recommend though, is that you buy a minimum of one of everything of each version um, <laughs> because that's what would be best for me. That's right. Self-serving at all. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, no, I often have people talking about things, you know, I, I see them at cons and they'll be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I bought that. But 
it's just sitting in a box. And I was like, what's important is that you bought it. <laughs> you're, you're helping me pay my mortgage. No, but the, I, one of the things that I, I, I believe about this Kickstarter is that I'm actually, we broken Egg games and skeleton key. We are actually creating something that players want and will use. Um, like this is exactly a product that I'm interested in playing with our play tests have shown, you know, that people are really into it and it, it helps create an immersive experience. If you are a gamer that uses miniatures, this lets you not only have cool encounters, but, but rearrange those pieces to make more than one encounter with your investment, right? Just keeps it all very unique and exciting. And that is definitely awesome. So now, if you back this, you get a um, a starter mat that's 30 by 30, right? Yes, the core set is 30 by 30, but um, and then it has eight tiles that go on top of it. But you can, um, we called it upgrading your mat um, to larger sizes, all the way up to four feet by six feet, actually. So you can go pretty big, but the typical encounter, like the 30 by 30 fits wonderfully on like, something the size of a card table because not everybody has, you know, a huge play space. Right. And you know, that, that is, that is the, you know, a good size for that. Um, I, I like the, I think the sweet spot for me is the, the 36 by 36, the three by three mat. Um, that just gives you that little bit of extra room, but I've got a table that that will fit nicely on. So yeah, we kind of made it so that it could be uh, customizable to, to your needs. And so, Everybody's got different space they're playing in. Which which is definitely handy. And I like it because, you know, I can get the 30 by 30 or the 3 by, uh, you know, 36 by 36. And it's going to, you know, 30 by 30 is good for, you know, the, the you know, counter games, mm-hmm. and, you know, the dinner table games. Whereas the 36 by 36, there's... There's actually a plethora of games out there that are, you know, skirmish games and all that that'll that'll use it. So you like definitely below. Well, that takes place in a city, and no one no one wants that game. So (laughs) 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 and thirty by thirty six by thirty six is Frostgrave, maybe. Yep, Uh, Frostgrave. Even though you know that's Snow Relic Blade. Well, actually, that's a two by two, so the thirty by thirty would work for that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the, what War Machine? Or is that four by four? War Machine, four by four. Yeah. All right, so you know, you just have to step it up a little bit. You people, you listeners, will be fine. Go ahead, step up to the four by four. But then we've got a bunch of um, expansions. There's a ruins expansion, so it's got sort of crumbling walls that are you know, overgrown with some trees and bushes and things like that, um, which can be set up in various um, configurations to make a little, you know, stone building that's fallen apart all the way to, um, you know, a, a mid-sized keep that has, has collapsed. <clears throat> uh, we've got Mystic Circles, which has um, two big 12-inch uh, circular pieces, one that's a ring of stones and one that's sort of like an arcane summoning ring. 
Um, and then it's got some little add-in pieces that you can put in the center of each of those to have them sort of be like the sacred focus of that ring. Um, but then we've also got just one of our odd-shaped dies that um, sort of expand the ring of stones with some a partial exterior ring that's falling apart. Um, we've got the Savage Villages that has the big interior and exterior hut, um, along with a couple smaller huts and a, uh, a fire pit and what I'm calling a carcass pit. It's basically just a pit full of rib cages and viscera. It's real pretty. Um, but then we also have a woodland expansion. Um, and this one I think is important, um, or at least valuable if you upgrade your mat. So if, cause with the, the, the tiles that come with the 30 by 30 mat are pretty much made to populate that, that mat nicely. This will give you more forests, but they are new, uh, templates. It's not repeats of the stuff in the starter set. Um, so that you can sort of make more varied forest encounters and, or cover a larger area if you upgrade the mat size. So you get two, uh, three sort of big templates. You get a couple of fallen log templates and then three, um, trees where the, the leaves have turned to sort of autumny colors, just to add a little bit of, uh, pop to the, to the mat. Um, and then, so those are, those are kind of like our four kickoff expansions. And then of course we have the reward level where it's like grab the base set and all the expansions all for one, one low price. <laughs> yep. There it is. Um, or if you're crazy and apparently three people are so far out of the five total, um, we do have a pledge level where you can work with me to design a custom adventure tile, which you will also get five copies of. So we've already had three people sign up for that. Um, so I will be working with uh, some of our awesome backers to fill in whatever it is actually that they want for their game, right? If they've got a specific symbol or something like that that we needs to be worked in or, you know, a particular location or whatever, um, you get the opportunity to to create that, and then of course share that because they'll have have multiple copies. Um, and, and we've had a few people actually ask, "Well, what would it cost to design a whole set with you?" I'm like, let me think about that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow down. Let's get through this one first. <laughs> yeah, uh, we gave them a price. We'll see if they get back to us. You never know. You never know. But I'm not just going to throw that that backer level on there because well that just puts in a hell of a lot of work for you yeah well i mean but the the work so far on everything that we have available is is done i mean i want to go through and sort of check the final files one last time but um you know everything that we're showing is is completed and ready to go i mean that's one of the other reasons that we're confident we can fulfill uh in march of next year which is only what four and a half months away um, and you know, and I mean, honestly, we have our fingers crossed for early earlier. We got, we gave ourselves some reasonable safety margin there. That's, that's always a good thing. So what kind of wilderness encounters would you guys look for if, if, if you could, if you could pick a set? Oh boy. Um, for me personally, just from, I, I, I don't know. I'm more of a, a classic like horror guy when it comes down to it. So 
my games were usually Ravenloft. So for me, like Mystic Circle and the Ruins, I, I would use a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same there. Of course, you know, I my first thoughts were uh, Relic Blade with that one, but right. Well, one of the um, things we're contemplating, one of the expansions we're thinking about with Ravenloft in mind, is actually a graveyard um, that you could lay out on this. So a couple mausoleums, possibly one larger one that also has an interior, um, clusters of headstones, excuse me, some open graves, things like that. Um, so that, that is a potential stretch goal add-on. That would definitely be a cool one to see. If this thing keeps going. Gosh, we had a whole list. (laughs) We we have a a Trello board that just of all our wacky ideas. Hey, that's that's a good thing to have. Um, I thought about doing um, one of them on there is like an Eldritch Encounters. I was like, you know, if we can just make some Lovecraft shit, people will buy it. Yes. Um, Apparently, that's, that's real popular now. So I was trying to figure out how to make cosmic horror in the woods. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Just tentacle trees. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I was thinking about maybe making some kind of like creepy mouth in the ground. That could work. Like the, the, the ground's going to eat you, but you like, you're looking down at it and it's like a throat that kind of goes down. Sort of like a sarlacc pit, but with human teeth. Wow that 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 one would be creepy, right there. Just something disturbing, right? Just like I could probably do a like a haunted or horror woods, terror in the woods, something set could be kind of fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Or you done witch horror? Yeah, totally. I'm writing that down. Nice. It's like free market research. Exactly. No, totally. Oddly, I'm, I, I recently, uh, I need to complete it, but uh, I had a friend running a Kickstarter that um, for the Book of Three Gates, um, he, he's collecting some Lovecraft stuff, and I've uh, recently been working on a map of Dunwich for that project. So doing a little cartography on the side. <laughs> Somebody talk, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, for all we know, to, Tim was talking. To, no, I, I've I've heard him try to break in a couple times, but he keeps cutting out. So <laughs> I I was trying to give him a chance to actually maybe get something out, but it it didn't work. And there he goes. Let's see if he rejoins us. Oh, oh, he quit. He, he, oh, he joined. Damn, I thought we got rid of him. We tried. You tried. It failed. Oh, man. He didn't break up at all that time. If you mispronounce my name one more time, <laughs> I'm out of here. We'll do it again next week. <laughs> it's just Google telling me to go fuck myself is what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> they do that to me using Firefox all the time. Ah, uh, yeah. I think this is their way of forcing Nick to actually do an episode. They're like, you know what? If we shut Tim up, 
Oh, actually, I, I would have to say some of our best episodes have been when that happened. So, and now Nick is breaking up. Am I breaking up? You just did a tiny bit on the end of your happens. <laughs> oh, that would figure. Um, all, all right. right. What did else? I mention? Creepy church. Creepy church. Sweet. I like course, it. I'm writing, I'm writing down. Of course, big one, hat, you know, removable roof and everything. Yep. I think that would go over well. I'm looking at doing... And there goes Teddy. Uh, we definitely talked about... I'll let Tim figure out his problems. Um, and just, <laughs> I'll just keep talking. We... Uh, we we definitely talked about doing like a little um, like farmstead that had barn interior, exterior, like an animal pen, a little farmhouse, maybe like a field or some field stone walls kind of thing. Um, nice. So, so I find that a lot of the, a lot of the buildings for RPGs, especially the 3d stuff is just so, you know, like um, not to, slam on these companies in any way because I actually own a bunch of their stuff, but like miniature building authority and uh, tabletop world, right? They make these mm-hmm. beautiful 3d buildings, but there's not space inside of them to play your game, at least with miniatures, right? If that's, if that's your deal, um, there's just not like tactical space. You literally, by the time you put four miniatures in the building, they can all just hit each other. Oh, right. Because um, the, the interior spaces are just so small, so this lets us make the scales a little bit unrealistic, um, but they're playable, right? You know, so yes, maybe your kitchen is twenty feet by twenty feet, um, but it lets you move a miniature across the room and slap another miniature. So, um, yeah. So I'm okay with that, right? You just kind of have to. You know, we want to enhance the game, but not add levels of reality. You know, they just have to spend some, what is it, suspension of disbelief and, and, and enjoy, which I've not had any complaints about um, on the, the stuff I've done previously, because I've done plenty of uh, interior stuff uh, digitally through the e-adventure tiles. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm. that is the thing, you know, you you like to have that, you know, a little bit of, you know, realism, but, you know, if it's, if all your guys are piled together, you kind of lose it because it's not like, I'm going to charge him. Oh, I, I don't move or anything. Whereas if you have the room and say, Hey, I'm charging, you know, you're actually going to charge. Well, I can get like, I can fit like 30 people in my kitchen. Right. But in a, you know, once you, put actual miniatures in there that have bases and everything else. You can't crowd it up on, on a map unless you expand the scale a little bit. So right. that's all. I'm just trying to make it playable. That's, that's a good way of looking at it. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the campaign is going great. Um, we, we are excited to see where it goes. Um, and so we're, pushing uh not pushing we're planning some additional marketing stuff i don't know if i i don't know if it's gonna go through or not um one of the big ones that we did get was um we did uh we went to ReaperCon 
a few weeks ago in, in Dallas. Um, yeah. Adam from Broken Egg Games and I did, and we showed them the stuff, and they sent it out uh, uh, as a, uh, a um, update to their Bones backers. So we got a huge amount of coverage there, and that was the day we funded. It pushed us over the edge. <laughs> um, awesome. You know, I've tapped into just, you know, really just whatever we can do to get the word out there, right? We're total, we'll, we'll do whatever we can. So just hitting, <laughs> up, hitting up some of the people that I've uh, previously worked with. So um, the guys over at Frog God Games are doing a lot of awesome RPG stuff uh, right now, and and this is totally relatable to what they're doing. And, um, uh, Bill Webb, the guy that runs it, um, used to run Necromancer games back in the, um, third edition D and D games with Clark Peterson. So I tapped into his audience, got him to send out some, some social media stuff and, um, Monty cook as well. Um, I worked with him years ago on the tallest, uh, RPG setting for D 20 basically. Okay. Um, um, but, um, yeah, so he, he shot a tweet out, you know, I'm like anybody that's got like 10 or 20,000 followers, I'm going to be like, Hey, <laughs> I love you. And you know, but no, it's, it's great because the, the community is still there. Right. I've been working in sort of more closely to the, the war game, um, you know, industry, industry. Right. I don't know. But I've been working in tabletop war games for, um, for eight years now, but it's nice to know um, that the, that RPG industry and the, all the people that I used to work with when that was my bread and butter are still there and still passionate about what they do and um, are, you know, are, are all doing well. And then, uh, you know, with uh, the advent of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and freaking Kickstarter, right? It's allowed us to just reach out and, and kind of reconnect with our audience who, um, at least in, in, on my end, I, you know, I haven't really talked to in probably five years. So that was, uh, it was, it was neat to be able to come back and have everybody be like, Oh my gosh, you know, Skeleton Key Games, Ventiles, like, I remember that stuff. What do you got going on now? And sort of, getting to to see their passion about what I'd done previously really helped spark the passion for what's happening now. And I mean, I still get excited when people email me pictures of them um, running an RPG with their friends or family on top of the stuff that I've done or, you know, Skeleton Key did some, some um, did a product called Starbase Trench Run, which is, you know, the Death Star. <laughs> um, and so having people send, you know, shots of them playing X-Wing on top of, of those, um, which were just kind of print and play mats. Um, it's always awesome. Actually. So, you know, speaking of the trench run, um, you know, I, I've seen people, you know, really, you know, I, I started playing X-Wing a little while ago and saw someone throw out, you know, Hey, here's some rules for, you know, actually playing, you know, Trench run from oh man now I forget what the uh, what the original or not original but the X wing game that you actually had to do a trench run for training and shoot a wombat oh <laughs> womp rat or whatever it was right <laughs> and uh, it 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 does it looks like a lot of fun you know because it's using all of the X wing mechanics or a lot of them mm-hmm. so yeah you know having 
having, you know, the actual kind of a, you know, mat and terrain to do it on that, that seems, you know, extremely fun there. Well, it's, it's, it's neat. And, you know, being, being creative and small and able to act quick, I actually like the, the whole Starbase trench run thing came up because I had seen, um, I had seen X-Wing for the first time at Gen Con, right? It was the year they released it. Here's the starter packs and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And uh, I got home and the day after I got home, I had a day off. Um, And I put that whole product together in a day. I was just like, and I was the first to market. So I was like, boom, like, what do I call this thing? And uh, yeah, so it was, it, it was cool. And I just, you know, put it out to the world, put it on RPG now and, um, immediately, like it, it took off. It's one of my most consistent selling products to this day. And it's always like, for me, it's always been about just trying to find that hot thing and then be first to market. And, um, and, you know, I mean, sometimes you're kind of like relying on the success of somebody else's thing because I don't make a game, right. I just make accessories for games. Um, but you know, as, as an artist for me, it's just always been about, enhancing the visuals of the game, right? Like as a dungeon master, I always have done cool handouts or, you know, made copies of cool art to say, Oh yeah, you, you know, you see this or that, or like I ran a whole, ran a whole campaign back in the day. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, they did an illustrated version of Frankenstein um, and Bernie Wrightson illustrated it. Um, this awesome kind of old school horror artist. Um, He still works today, but anyway, I like photocopied the crap out of that line, (laughs) line drawings. And I was be like, and then you walk into this room because he did like this amazing, like crazy alchemist lab. It was just super detailed. And I was like, and this is what you see. And um, yeah, it was, and I just remember everybody that I was playing with, like freaking out over that stuff because they just thought it was so cool and immersive. And so I really just like to bring, more to the table, right? Just so that, that's kind of what Skeleton Key Games is all about: is um, visual accessories that add detail and immersion to your tabletop games. And awesome. for and for Adventure Tile specifically, you know, it's so that you're just not playing on a a, a beige dry erase mat that's been stained repeatedly <laughs> from using the wrong kind of markers on it, um, right? You know, so. Um, somehow that just became my passion. That's, that's cool. Uh, you know, I, I've said it before myself, well, you know, I'm, I'm highly visual. I'm, I'm a lot more engaged when there is pretty, pretty things to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's half the reason I like models because they're pretty. And as Tim will, uh, attest to, I, I have a problem with, uh, you know, buying lots of pretty models. I, I'm pretty sure we probably have, all have that in common. <laughs> Tim thinks it's a, you know, an exclusively me thing. I, I don't know what's up with that, but uh, yeah. I, I picked up a bunch of stuff at ReaperCon a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I got, you know, keeping up with the latest privateer press uh, stuff. Um, here just this past weekend in St. Louis, I picked up a new tabletop world building. Yeah. I'm a, I'm just a sucker for things. My, (laughs) my collection required me to buy a house so that I could put it all somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. 
Well, uh, you know, Tim, Tim actually finally came over to my house this past weekend and he got to see the basement and he understands why I, I occupy the basement. Other than it's a really sweet basement, I already have it jam packed full of stuff. Nice. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. Um, I think, adding shelves, that's all. I think the other Skeleton Key game story I got that I, at least I think is interesting, you guys can be like, that sucked. Um, but no, but it was actually, um, I, I hadn't worked in the gaming industry prior to starting Skeleton Key Games. Um, so when I did, you know, like I said, I just dropped at Origins, hey, like, here's my product for the world. Um, it wasn't just the, like, players that came by that thought it was cool. Um, I got, you know, um, Stefan Picorni from Tour of the Forge came by, and we, he traded me some of his stuff for some of my stuff. Um, but I, I, you know, like I said, well, I got the, I got the meeting at Wizards of the Coast, but I had a lot of publishers coming and be like, oh my gosh, this stuff's so cool, and just kind of met all them. And they were actually my gateway into working freelance on RPGs for seven years. Like I created the company and it got noticed by the, the different publishers and stuff. Um, and, and, you know, they approached me, well, do you do maps? Do you, you know, can you do maps for this? Can you do maps for that? You know, writing illustration, whatever. So it's kind of neat because I wasn't getting any traction with kind of sending out little portfolios and stuff. But when I just sort of made a product and was like, fuck it, I'm part of the game industry. And then suddenly I actually was. <laughs> right like they were like oh hey this dude's legit like let's let's talk to him let's you know can we do a can we do some licensing with you or whatever and yeah so it was just kind of like um I, I was sort of I wasn't trying as hard as I could have to to get in but once I locked on my concept and you know people were just like yeah this, this dude's legit let's all work together and the industry's kind of funny that way but um, I just kind of feel like I, in some ways, I sort of like faked my way in. I'm like, oh no, yeah, I already work in this industry, right? I just made some shit up and then rented rented a table in Columbus, Ohio, and boom, I'm in, just like that. Uh, sure. Um, I read I read an article um, years ago, um, and it it was from it was like a CEO of some company, and I think I've said it on here before, but you know, the gist of it was that. Basically, if you're if you ever go to take a job and you feel you're confident in it, or you feel that you know it, and you know da 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 da, you're probably not going to do so well. But if you go into a job going, you know, I think I can do this, and and you know, you get there and you're like, I'm not sure, and you know, your mantra is damn near fake it till you make it. Right. You're, you're not you're cocky. Gonna, you're gonna kick ass. You know, you're because you're going to work. 10 times harder than that person who gets in there and goes, yeah, well, I got this on lockdown. You know, I'm good. <laughs> the number of people are coming by like, Oh my gosh, is this in stores yet? I'm like, not yet, but <laughs> it can be send me some stores, right? Like stores, who are they? I did not, I had no clue what I was doing. Oh my God. It took me forever to recoup my costs between manufacturing and doing some cons and other stuff. Right. But I mean, ultimately I, it, it did all pay off. And then of course it also, I just kind of built my career on, Hey, here I am. There you know, uh, which was awesome. And then the successful running of skeleton key games, right. It looked really good on my resume because I, you know, there were, there were 
financials and things attached to it that I could pitch in order to come in. And, um, you know, it was kind of the big leverage for getting the uh, initially getting the project management job at Privacy Press, which then led to, to, uh, becoming creative director. Um, but you know, just like, Hey, yeah, I know how to run a company. I can take a project. I can take an idea. I can turn it into a thing. I can get it manufactured or uploaded and marketed and blah, blah, blah. Cause that's the other thing is skeleton key games mostly uh, is a one-man show. I don't want to say it is completely um, because I have had an awesome web guy over the years um, who I'm still a big fan of and is working on his own gaming stuff right now, which I hope to be able to promote soon. Um, And then uh, in the resurgence and actually turning Skeleton Key into a legitimate business and things like that, I've also had some help from my lovely girlfriend, Laura, who is a... Uh, a a genius with marketing and well numbers, which aren't my thing. (laughs) I I understand the numbers things, but I do have I do have one question for you. Um, So, and you mentioned, you know, is this in stores yet? Um, You know, when people were originally seeing you, I I do note that you don't have a retailer pledge level. Uh, We don't. We have discussed it. Um, I don't remember the reason for not having one, um, but we we are uh, going to be actively pursuing um, distribution on this to the retail level. But beyond that, I'm not I'm not really sure. Gotcha. Does that does that help at all with your question? <laughs> you know, I mean. It's a it's a curiosity, and you know I've I've listened to uh, Tim enough to know that you know just retailers sometimes like to have a chance on getting into the Kickstarter, possibly you know being able to get the rewards that the you know everyone right. else you know maybe they can't get them all, or you know getting some of the Kickstarter exclusives to offer for sale in their store later on. Yeah, anything like that. You know, it's it's always a good incentive for the uh, the retailer because the the scary part, and I've I've heard it from a couple of retailers now, is you have all these people who who've bought into the game, and you know, I'll I'll give a good example because I did it. I you know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles board game. I bought into that. I bought in for the big deluxe set and you know my retailer got you know and there's thousands of people who have gotten that game right but my local retailer has gotten it in too unfortunately he couldn't get the you know kickstarter exclusive ones right so he he kind of is well what i would actually like to do um potentially i don't know if this solves that um concern from retailers but i do think that there will also be retail exclusive ones that haven't been offered through the kickstarter um, to, because we do want to support the retailers and things like that. So this this launches the product line, but this is not to say that everything in the Kickstarter is the end-all, be-all of what's available for the Wilderness line. Um, so I would like to expand it so that people are moving into their their game stores, right? I want to see this stuff being played on tables in, in, at the local game store. So um, that's certainly my my... my intention to be as supportive as we can there. Awesome. All right. So let's see. I already covered that you're funded and that the set 
just look awesome. If people are super uh, excited, they get to work hand in hand with you. Is that yep. really hand in hand? Uh, yeah, be, uh, I mean, over Skype. Oh, well, you know, not, uh, or, not, not quite literally hand in hand then. Just kind of if virtually. They, if they would like to fly all the way to the Pacific Northwest, we might be able to work something out. You know what? I, I've always wanted to be or go to the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, I mean, that's that's actually not a um, dis, uh, disillusionment there. <laughs> well, there there are um, two of the cartographer backer levels left, so feel free to go <laughs> ahead and make make a pledge, and I'm sure we can work something out. All right, probably not going to do that one because I may or may not actually survive to collect on that. Oh man, you, but, got, me all, you got me all excited. Ah, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew I would do that. You know, I, just a tease sometimes. So, um. Have you have you watched the Kickstarter video? Uh, actually, no, I haven't watched the Kickstarter video. So, my biggest disappointment in this campaign so far is that I made a Kickstarter video, and when I show up in it, a little bottom third comes up that says, you know, Ed Burrell, Skeleton Key Games, right? And under my name, it says MFIC. And nobody has caught on to me being the motherfucker in charge. <laughs> That's my official skeleton key title. <laughs> Ed Burrell, motherfucker in charge. So Nice. Now the cat's out of the bag. But it is there in the video. <laughs> What's that? I should turn that off. <laughs> no. I said, if you guys could hear me now, I caught that and I laughed when I saw that. Good, good. So at least one person has caught on. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, but I was like, should I put that in there? And I was like, ah, screw it. You know, people are going to miss it or people are going to see it and laugh. <laughs> and I, that's, you know, it's just, that's my sense of humor. So so, so I work with, with uh, computer and network security as my day job. Mm-hmm. And, and we had an incident where somebody did something with a copier that they weren't supposed to do. And... You know, it got reported to us, so we were handling it. You know, it's a, one of those multifunction printer copier things. Right. And since it didn't really have to do with the network, we're like, oh, we'll just do this. Well, we were telling upper-level management, you know, hey, this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, they went, wait, how did you, how did they even know that they, you know, that was bad or whatever? And... I didn't, I didn't really know. I mean, I kind of knew, you know, somebody walked up and said, Hey, you can't do that on that. You know, that's, you know, confidential stuff. You can't, you know? And, uh, so, you know, I, I kind of said that and I'm like, and, and then the guy looked down and looked up and looked around and looked down and looked up and went, well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And there was absolute, it was a VTC. So, you know, there's this conference room, you know, our conference room table is full the leadership's table is jam-packed and there's just like dead silence for for about 10 seconds. I'm like, well, maybe that one was kind of like a fart in church. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, it like actually processed that, you know, that's what I said. And then they processed that, well, that's probably what I would do too. And you know, they, they finally started laughing, but I, I had the- a... 
had a good 10 seconds of getting ready to start sweating. Yeah, the, 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 the day job at Privateer Press is kind of like being in the Navy. Everybody swears like sailors, so we're all pretty used to it. But um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're building we're, – we're, we're as professional as, as possible. Like, don't, don't get me wrong, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all a bunch of, of, uh, of crazy gamers. So we, we, uh, we make plenty of the dick and fart jokes. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, that, that's just how it is. And I mean, that's, that's how it is with, you know, most of us or, you know, most of my job and career field. Right. But, you know, you, you just, you know, when you're talking to the, the upper management, you all of a sudden have to be uh, proper or so they try to convince you into thinking. So, um, yeah, but we are just about out of time. Tim says right. he's tired. It's getting late over there. It huh? it is, and Tim goes to bed. You know, at grandparents' times. All right. Well, uh, I check out Skeleton Keys Adventure Tiles Wilderness Tabletop RPG Terrain System. It's on Kickstarter right now. You got twelve more days before this podcast is completely invalidated and useless to me. So <laughs> listen to it. Get your asses over there and check it out. If it's something that you can use in your game, I really think that you will enjoy it and get a lot of reuse and flexibility out of it. So uh, give us some support and let's open up some more stretch goals and other begging and pleading for your <laughs> support, et cetera. All right. All right. So other than the Kickstarter, where else can they find you? Um, they can find me on uh, Facebook. Um, Skeleton Key Games has a Facebook page. Um, on Twitter, I'm at SK Games, or they can just search Skeleton Key Games. Um, my website, skeletonkeygames.com sucks shit through a tube. So I wouldn't go over there just yet. Um, unless you absolutely have to. And then I'm also on Instagram with skeleton key games as well. So we cover the gambit. All right. Awesome. Well, Ed, thanks for coming on. Uh, as, as we already see, everything's going well. I hope it goes really well. Hope you, uh, sell out those last, um, to design your own tiles. That that does sound fun. I think they'll sell. I, I'm pretty sure they will. I mean, you got 12 days and you've already gotten rid of three of them. And, you know, so if you guys are willing to fly out to the Pacific Northwest, he says, you know, something can be worked out hand in hand. And, Let's you know. do this. Let's do it. <laughs> they're, have, they're some lunch, have some lunch, talk about designing some tiles. Oh, man. It'll be sweet. Sounds amazing. Well, all right, Nick. And thank Tim. You. Thank you, Tim. Thank you both. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I could uh, have the input. <laughs> <laughs> do, I hear, do, I hear, do I hear a youngster in the background somewhere? Uh, yeah, my, uh, my four-year-old decided to uh, descend into the basement. Right on. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you very much for having me on, and I will pimp the crap out of this. All right. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of Skirmish Supremacy. To see more of the antics that Nick and I do, you can check us out on Facebook at Skirmish Supremacy. We also have Twitter, which we can be reached at Skirmish Supreme, because apparently Skirmish Supremacy does not fit in Twitter. And if you want to email us directly, you can reach us at tim at skirmishsupremacy.com or nick at skirmishsupremacy.com. Thanks for listening.